podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast, the podcast that's as exciting as a Rangers transfer rumour. This week on Heart and Hand, never mind Brexit, let's get into Europe. So welcome to Heart and Hand, my name's David Edgar, I'm your host and I'm joined this week by the bell of the ball, the man himself, the only person I know up here who's gutted Brighton didn't make it into the Premiership but only because it'll stop him having somewhere to go on a Saturday on one of his many regular visits there. Yes, it's Mr Scott Vandenacker. Hello, good evening and welcome. Um, I think a lot of this has got out of hand, David. Just because when I went there... I went to that nightclub called Toolbox. Mm. Now, as far as I was aware, it was simply an indie club. It was going to play a lot of songs that I liked. I had no idea, okay? Yeah, yeah. But that that, that explains the first time, but the 43 subsequent visits are, are possibly harder to... I was disgusted and had to make sure that I was. No, that that seems fair. That seems fair. So, uh, Scott, we are here to discuss the upcoming Scottish Cup final. And uh, I think the first thing to say is that we beat Spurs... Uh, in a friendly uh, at Spurs training ground and therefore that means that we would finish third in the Premiership I think so Um, it was good to see I mean a lot of people are using words like friendly and behind closed doors but I don't think that matters really does it as far as I can see uh, Spurs basically the reason that they tailed off towards the end of the season is their players had one eye on this match I think so I mean to be honest, they're finding it hard to get up for routine league games. Yeah, and that's how they ended up finishing third rather than second. It was it was all because Poch, as I like to call him, was saying, right lads, never never mind this bollocks, right? Yeah. Let's make sure that we're ready for the Rangers game, the unofficial Battle of Britain, as nobody was calling it. Yeah, I mean, the famous Glasgow Rangers went town and they had to be up for it. Turns out, even with their multi-million pound stars, brackets, not playing... Mm. They won no match for the, the Jers. Yeah, exactly. Um, it turns out that all the stars that Spurs had, who I think were off that day, it didn't matter. Well, we jest, of course. Um, it was. It, it shows you that Mark Warburton has uh, certainly the ability to, to pick up the phone and get us. He does have these connections at clubs, and to get us a friendly like that was, was quite useful, and uh, the timing of it would, be, would obviously be very good in terms of fitness. So we've had three weeks off. Didn't end the season in good form at all, and while some of it was excusable, as we talked about on the last pod, but the end of the run it certainly wasn't. However, it has to be said that our opponents have probably had a worse build-up. I think so. I mean, just to finish what you're talking about with the Spurs thing is, I do think we missed a bit of a trick by not getting Chaz and Dave to do a cup final single. See, I don't. I think that would have been a good use of our Spurs connections. No, no, right. See this ironic love people have for Chaz and Dave? No, yeah. fuck that. It, they're not good. It's awful. You've got ironic love for Swed. So, um, you know, I mean... I, and I can say Swed, which puts me one up ahead of you. Who says Swed? Swed? Nobody the says... The fabric is Swed. It's Swed! It's not Swed. You are a total Scott Brown, do you know that? I mean, really, it's... Uh, I sometimes feel as though I'm, I'm giving a learning difficulties bloke, right, who's just had a blunt head trauma, 
a gun and telling him to point it at himself with you sometimes. Never mind giving you enough rope. Well, it's still the not as good as Chaz and Dave. Yeah, you also so, said you liked Coral this week, so what does that say about you? I know, I'm, I'm losing the plot. I'm, I'm coming unhinged. It's it's strange, when Scott and I first met, I was sort of more of a young indie kid and he was a sort of old... Or, um, he was an older type who wore, wore sensible trousers and cardigans and stuff and he mocked my big shorts. Now Scott's all big shorts and joggies and I'm the one in the cardigan uh, listening to Half Man, Half Biscuit. It's been a total tolerance. You're heading into your kind of second summer of youth. You know, yep. it, it'll be all 4AD records and stuff. There's one for the kids. <laughs> to be honest, they never went away. <laughs> um, I saw this thing, actually, funnily enough, online, kids. So keep listening. It gets even more exciting. Yeah. I saw something about 4AD are reissuing a lot of their stuff in vinyl. And there was this big deal was getting made of it. And I thought, sorry, got them all. No, you've already got them. No, the uh... first time. But anyway, on to football. On to football, yeah. We should do it. We have tried the listeners' patient quite um, enough, I think, so far. Right. So What's worse... Okay, as you're saying, what's worse, right? Ending the season with a whimper or finding out you're going to spend your third consecutive season out the top flight, thus affecting your budget, your playing staff. I mean, people are saying the Hibs will bounce back because of this big game. Mm. It's not that simple. No, it's not. And there's clearly only two ways this can go. One... They do rise up off the canvas, Hollywood style, and it's the last two after that team. Yeah, and 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 they rise off the canvas, Hollywood style. They say, "Look, that was a huge disappointment, but this is a chance to make history. We can we can do this." And they're focused and determined, and they turn up on the day, or which is you know more likely to what would be happening in real sport when you get knocked onto the canvas and it's a painful. You tend to, if you get back up, just get more punishment which is obviously what I'm hoping for. I, it's hard to predict. You never know. I think one thing we need to bear in mind is that if it was any other team, maybe with the exception of Hearts, Hibs would probably come out a bit fearful and tentative. But against us, they will come out all guns blazing. They will give it everything they have. We won't win this match just by turning up. And if our players have one iota of that in their head that, oh well you know they, they were denied promotion there they, they hibsed it in the most spectacular way all we need to do is turn up here uh, ain't going to happen no I think there's two sides as well when you look at how their players might think a lot of them it's going to be their last game um, that team will start breaking up basically they need money yeah uh, we might we might touch on this later but because um, we've been linked to a couple of other players but Hibs now the budgets will be getting tight for this set of players that everyone's talked about as being the best young team in Scotland, brackets, they're not. Um, this is it. And as you say, they could use that as a massive focus. On the other hand, after the Falkirk game, which I watched, I'm sure you watched as well, mm-hmm. they were they were on the floor. They were in tears. The fans were in tears. This is not something you bounce back from easily. And it's actually really hard to tell which, which of the two directions it could go in. Yeah, but, I mean, it was a... We know what it's like to lose in the playoffs. And... It's, it's it's very, very disappointing and it hurts. And I don't know what we'd have been like trying to pick ourselves up to then go for another big match afterwards. But I think the way that they did it, where no matter what anybody says, I, I think Hibs were the favourite for that tie. I know they'd finished third, but I think most people, when you looked at the 1-11s, would say that over the two matches, you would probably expect Hibs to prevail. You know, all sort of banter and, you know, all sort of you might have a particular bias or a dislike for one of the clubs. I think if you just sit and you look at them, Hibs probably should have come through those ties. 
And yes. the fact that they didn't, it is another year. Um, it's I'm sure if you'd said to Hibs fans a couple of years ago when they were going down that they would be down there for a minimum of three years, they, they would have countenanced that with horror. And we know how grim and depressing it is when you think you've got another year in this league. And it will have had an effect. Now, whether they can turn it into a positive, and let's, let's not forget that on their day, Hibs have beaten some good sides this season, you know, including us, and there were circumstances behind both, but including us. So we've shown, it, Mark Warburton says it, and it's because it's always true, it's about what we do. We've shown time and time again this season that we're a really good team when we've got our head on. And conversely, we've shown a few times that when we drop anything below the required standard, we can be beaten. Absolutely. The Rangers we want to see is the first half against Celtic in the semi-final. Mm-hmm. But as you've said, if we do the Danny Wilson rolling the ball sideways and then looking up and putting it 60 yards into Rosette, you know, the one when the players get caught in possession and don't track back, we could be in trouble. Yeah, I think that you have to make sure that you are at the top of your game, make sure you're doing the simple things well, make sure you're doing everything correctly, have the right attitude, have the attitude that... This is a game that we are capable of winning, and this is a game that we should win. However, if we don't go out there and do all the things that we do week in, week out, when we're playing well, if we go out there with the attitude we showed against Dundee and against Celtic, we will beat them because we are a better side than them. It's as simple as that. If we go out there with those heads on, we will win that football match. If we go out there with anything less than that, then it it, it opens up again. Yes, if we play the way we ended the season domestically, we're in deep, deep trouble. If we switch on and play to our maximum strength, then yes, we'll win the game in regulation time. Mm. I, I t- it's that simple. And especially a huge factor could also be, of course, if we score quite early. Um, I think Hibs could be psychologically in deep, deep shit. Mm-hmm. If we can get quite an early goal, I think a lot of the pressure will come. Um, they'll be looking to push it as far as they can goalless, so maybe Nick will lead themselves. Mm. And if we score early, I think that's going to be a huge amount of pressure on Hibs the whole thing about 114 years not winning promotion also remember they're having to get themselves up they're stealing themselves for this game they've had to put a lot of things aside a lot of the pressure a lot of the stress a lot of that will come back if they concede early Yeah. so it's in the hands of the manager the assistant manager and what they do at training this week apparently training's been good I saw a couple of clips Kenny Miller scored a great goal they were laughing and joking players look to be doing the work who knows it's we have to be focused and play our very best, and if we do, we will win. Yeah, I mean, we couldn't really ask to be going into this match in any better circumstances. You know, we've got the vast majority of our squad fit. Um, obviously, Harry Forrest, they don't miss out, but the, the rest of them are fit. They've had a break, which is unusual. Um, so, although it's the end of a long season, it's not coming off a league game the week before, as, as can often happen for the Scottish Cup final. And... I really, really want us to do it because I think the fans deserve it. I think to go back and to win a major trophy and with all you know, due respect to the to the three divisional titles that we've won and to the, the Petrofac Cup, which proved surprisingly difficult to get our hands on. <laughs> um this is a major, you know, this would be hundred and sixteen and our fans deserve that day in the sun and it would make what has been a very good season one of the legendary ones, you know, the, a lower division major cup win and beating Celtic along the way, the way that we've won the title, the football that we've played, the goals that we've scored, 127 goals, you know. I think that 
to do that and end it with the Scottish Cup and get into Europe and you know the, the finances that will bring and the, the opportunity for these young guys to play in Europe, you know something we used to take for granted, but certainly it's been a it's been a long time. I think that would be then taking this season from being good, you know, very good to being a great, being a legendary season, and yeah. that's why it's so key for us. And if we lose, no matter what anyone says, it will take a bit of the gloss off that, and we won't hide from that. We won't come back here next week should the result uh, not go our way and suggest, ah, well, it doesn't matter. It's it's a cup final; it always matters. I think so. I think also the fact that that's one of the dangers. It's funny you were talking before about you know complacency. One of the dangers is we deserve this, and we do. But that is a danger in itself. Yeah, it's not enough. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's not enough. Football, football doesn't. We've played. <laughs> football doesn't work like that. No, the, the football we've played, the goals we've scored, we deserve it. But that means nothing. You're right. We have to actually go the stage further. And I mean, as a carrot dangling out there, though, you couldn't ask for more than a mid-July two-leg trip to locomotive tractor of Azerbaijan, and that's that's, a, that's the carrot dangling out there for these players. You know. Well, who doesn't want to go? But yeah, I think genuinely that players do, and I think that we forget that in England, you know, and obviously we've got a few a few guys who have come up from there. In Scotland, if you play in the Premier League, you're pretty much guaranteed a crack at FC Tractor. Yes. You know, no matter who, Dundee United and Ross County and, and teams like that have all managed a, a trip into Europe. St Johnston tend to go out in the first pre-qualifier every year as well, so... We maybe take it for granted, but you know, if you're growing up in England, unless you play for one of the major clubs, you're not going to get that opportunity. No, you're never in Europe. Guys, the guys that come in, which we'll talk about in a minute, um, no, they want to get a sniff of Europe. They never well played in Europe before. No, it's exciting times. And let's just hope that the, the manager and the assistant manager can make all this talk of deserving and dreams. Just make it real. All they have to do on Saturday is make it a reality. Keep the heads on, make the players focused. And make all the talk become an actual reality, and we shouldn't see too many problems. No, but I remember say, in Ali McCoy's um, autobiography from the, the mid nineties, he was talking about when we got to the Scottish Cup final, um, ninety one, ninety two, mm-hmm. and we were playing Airdrie, and he said Walter Smith just took him aside in the hotel and said to him, "Lads, you can't." Um, or he said, "Lads, Airdrie can't beat you today, but you can lose." Mm-hmm. Um, and what he meant was if your head isn't right if your attitude isn't right you will lose the game but you're a better team than them and if you do what you've shown week in week out you can do you will win and of course that was the case and I, I do think that that's the message that will be getting preached to them anything less than your best we're in trouble your best then the odds are massively in our favour I agree now as to the Hibs team which will be breaking up after this final because of finances do you think we will end up with a ludicrously haired uh, Cummings, Jason Cummings? What do you think about that? Um, I don't know, because I don't know how much Hibs would ask for him. Um, I don't know if Hibs would sell to us. Uh, I don't know if Celtic would do their usual and uh, you know come in and tell Hibs they would, would give them an extra 10% on anything we offered. So uh, There's so much bad blood between the clubs, I would find it. I'd wait to to see if that one happened before it did. Also, the the question, you know, people say, oh, how much is he worth? 
you know, he's he's goals, he's scored goals and he has, but in the championship. And, you know, I don't think that anybody in the championship could be saying, based on this season, I want a million pounds or two million pounds for that player. I don't think it's realistic for the level of football that they've played at. So, no. I, I, I don't know. Um, I think he would score goals. However, I always think there's a caveat next to any young Hibs player because you could, yes, you know, you can go on and... and make a good career the way that maybe the likes of, whether we like them or not, but the likes of Stephen Whitaker, Kevin Thompson, even the Lego Eater um, have all gone. But, you know, also the other side of it, the, the Derek Riordans, the Gary O'Connors, they're Tenny Penny as well. Yeah. You never know. There's, there's something that goes through the DNA of that club that the young players, they, they produce a lot of good young players, but they produce a hell of a lot of bangers. Yeah, a lot of them are very mentally fragile, aren't they? Yeah. I do what they find really hard. This, this is strange. I think we've talked about this in a pod years ago. Uh, um, part, a huge part of football and a huge part of youth football is setting young kids up to become basically journeyman pros. The 14 mm. years that they actually spend in the Saturday routine, Hibs are terrible at that. And um, that's the hardest thing to do. Is to, see, when you're a schoolboy genius, that's one thing. you under 17s, oh, look, look at the guy's skills. But see, becoming... Someone whose job is to be a footballer. Yeah. That's a huge leap. And Hibs seem to produce a lot of bangers, as you see, who cannot handle the life as a professional footballer. It's not about skill or talent. It's no. just an inability to knuckle down. Yeah, train every day, take your responsibility seriously and become <coughs> a minded person. They don't seem to be able to do it. No. For me, the Cummings thing, the, the problem I have with the Cummings thing is, it's coming to the end of the year, David, isn't it? I see if Hibs don't win the cup final. Mm. The end of season DVD is going to need another chapter because at the moment all it is is we didn't sell Scott Allen to the Huns. Mm. They might need another bit in the DVD which is we didn't sell Jason Cumming to the Huns either. Yeah. Or you do know that if we logged, if Hibs put it about that Jason, because he will leave, I mean, that is guaranteed. But if Hibs put it about that Jason Cummings was available for 750,000 and we went in with a bid of 750,000, they would be on the phone to Celtic saying that they could have him for 600. And that that's a fact. So I don't know. I, I'm not. And listen, one thing the Scott Allen transfer saga taught us is let's not let a side show distract from us. And it's also the same segging beautifully, um, like the award worthy um, broadcaster I am. That that's why the Joey Barton thing. I think we'll need to wait and see what happens with it before we get any too much chatter about it. Because to me, at the moment, it there seems to be a lot of energy being expended on this from people who want and people who don't that's rather pointless at this point. Well, I was actually going to harumph and I thought that you'd be Mr Positivity, strangely. But I'm going to harumph on the same topic as you. No, I just think that, you know, we look, if he signs, we can have the debate, we can have the argument, we can have the, the inevitable chat that will come. Um, but why bother if he's not going to sign? Well, I just think... If you're you you're desperate to, aren't you? No, no. What, what I meant was, I was actually going to talk more about Nico Crenshaw, bizarrely. But what I meant was, I also agree that I don't think the manager, the assistant manager, should be spending as much time on these respective moves and the fans shouldn't be... I still think there's a cup final to win. And I still think that this week's preparation with the first-team squad are far more important. And for once, we've sort of harumphed together on the same topic, mm. which is probably unheard of five years of podding hmm. um, I agree priorities are winning on Saturday nothing else and anything else can be a sideshow and I think winning Saturday then go for your lives jet about 
flying to New York? I, just, I don't know. Should I don't know. I, I think you do have to prepare. If this is the time he can get the business done, he needs to do it. And he might need to you know, be getting a jump on, on people. Uh, I, I don't know about Nicol Cranjar. It doesn't seem to fit. No, when the he Mario, can't run. He, he's got no. I, I, I liked him as a player when he was at Spurs, um, so you know I, I wouldn't be totally against the signing. You know if he's still has something to offer. However, in terms of wages and you know will he contribute? Will he be a good a good passenger in the dressing room? I, I don't know. Um, I think the manager's earned the right to be trusted. Joey Barton. As I say, I don't want to go into it too much. Nope. You know, maybe this time next week we'll we'll be facing up to it. But all I would say is, is that I thought Joey Barton was a knob um, this time last week, and the fact he's been linked with Rangers doesn't alter my opinion yep. on him as a as a person, as a bloke. Yep. Not denying he's a talented footballer. Not denying he would instantly become currently the best player in Scotland because he would be. That's that would be a fact. But uh, I'm not going to be a hypocrite and turn around. If you'd asked me this on the, the last pod we did about Joey Barton, I would have said the guy's a, a bit of a dick. and Or appears to be a bit of a dick, I don't know him. But, uh, and I'm not going to, to turn around now and say, ah, but now that we're linked to him, blah, blah, blah. Um, we'll see. Yep, Graham Dorans is the other player. I don't see that happening at, no, at all. Um, You'll be surprised and shocked, David, that... Um, Weasel-faced Scrotum Alex Neal is going to play hardball and has pretty much made it his own personal mission to make sure Graham Dorn gets no near Ibrox. So that uh, sort of um, spoke in the wheel is not a big surprise, I'm sure. No, I, I think if he'd been in a free and was prepared, you know, he has a Rangers fan and a good player, by the way. I'd love to see Graham Dorn at Ibrox, yeah. but I think that... If he was in a free and just wanted to play for the club, then yeah, that the, there was every chance right. of it happening. But he's under contract. Even with a year left, I think the fee that they could ask for him would be be certainly kind of one and a half, two million, given the prices down there. That's a guy who's been a an EPL player for eight years. A journeyman EPL player is still an EPL player. You know what I mean? So I just, I just don't see that one. See, see the minute Alex Neil come out and said, basically, we're not going to make it easy. We're not going to facilitate a move. Yeah, we're not going to free him, basically. That was it. The yeah. minute they said we're going to play hardball, you're right, we can't go up to two million quid plus whatever. No, not for a 29-year-old. No. We, just, we just cannot be doing that. But, I can't see that either. But we did get, and we must, before we go, yes. we did get young Jordan Rossiter. Which looks like a cracking bit of business. Now, can I say, he's been out for eight months on injury, blah, blah, blah. But I, I've been, I was reading the uh, sometimes hilarious Red and White Cop, by the way, mm-hmm. um, website, which they took things very seriously there. They're never far away from a candlelit vigil. But, they are gutted at losing him, and the general consensus was that this lad is a fantastic player, and all he needs is a run at the first team somewhere. And they were actually gutted in the fact that he came to us because he would have attracted a fee otherwise. Yeah, in and, England, uh, they, yeah. they would have been looking at a fee in the millions. Um, it's a coup. Now, he might not work out before kind of any other you know army of Celtic fans who listen to this show. Um, Start to go, oh, you know, he's done nothing. No, you're right, he has done nothing. However, the fact is is that he has a lot of potential. And for 250 grand, which is punt money, like even to us, 250 grand is punt money. It's half of Michael Halloran. It's not a disaster if it goes wrong. And However. This, but the, the upside of this deal, um, to me it just looks like such a fantastic deal on every level. And I would say that, you know, whether or not we get Dorans, Barton... Uh, Cranshire, whoever 
the fact that these players are the players we're going for shows you that the manager has no intention of going up next season and being anybody's weapon boy. We're, go- yes. we're going up to compete. And that, to me, is, is an excellent sign. Um, I think, I agree with you, I think Rossiter could be an absolute jewel. And, you know, realistically, if he is, we're only going to have him for two years, max. I'm also... But that's not, OK. Let's not be about the bush, David. That's another reason why he's here. Um, see, reading between the lines of the interviews and stuff, he did not want to sit around and wait to see if somebody would pay millions to Liverpool. No. He wanted to move abroad. And to him, abroad was with Frank McPartland, a couple of hours up the road from Liverpool. Yep. And this is part of a stepping stone to get first-team football to get back into the Premiership, yep. which he didn't think would happen. Who cares? If he's as good as Liverpool fans say, and observers in the game and Frank McPartland say, it's going to be some two years. Yeah, if he's here, he's outstanding for two years and we sell him for, you know, what, eight, nine, ten million pounds, then... Fantastic. We we were totally the winners on that and it gets reinvested. And I know that some Rangers fans who it's forever nineteen ninety six for say things like, Oh, I don't like the idea of you being used as stem stone. Well, whether you like the idea of it or not, you know, it's about like I'm sure creationists don't like the idea of evolution, but it's still a fact. And you're hamstrung by the league you're in. It's as simple as that. And it works both ways because, you know, when we go and, you know, sign a player from a club, when we go and sign O'Halloran from St. Johnston, I'm sure they didn't like the idea of that. But that's what happens. It's the football ecosystem. It's the food chain. You know, you buy from clubs that you're bigger than or from leagues that you're bigger than and then leagues bigger than you will come and eventually... Yeah, I think the TV deal in England has has made it that that's the the place they can go to, and the food chain goes all the way up, and and even even you know Manchester United, Arsenal, Chelsea, Spurs, they've found out that they're in the food chain. The only clubs in the world that aren't are Real Madrid, Barcelona, and possibly Bayern. Yep, everybody else is a feeder club, and just get used to it, suck it up. Also, what's wrong with that? Because if we identified Jordan Rossiter for two hundred fifty thousand pounds. Think what we could do with ten million. Yeah, that's yeah exactly. The chance to reinvest with people who know what they're doing running the club, and I think there are now people who know what they're doing. The youth system's getting revamped. We've made some more coaching changes there. I think you notice Ian Durant has been let go. We're making more changes at youth level. We've got scouts in place. Like Parkland's talking about further scouting, maybe abroad, moving further afield. Mm. If we, if we bring in money from selling on these players for a lot more than we paid for them. I think the chances are... See, the problem with the model, a lot of people think, is that it breaks down. You get a player, you sell them, that's that. No, you get other ones. Yeah. You have to be optimistic that that will happen, and I have no reason to think that it wouldn't. No, that, that's it. And some players will be misses, and some will be hits. And so long as you're you're having a, a good run of hits, then that's fine. That That's kind of how that system is set up. Already. See, to be honest, already, I think you're looking at... We will probably make money on Waghorn... And Tavernier, at least. I think we would make money, if we were to sell them all tomorrow, I think we would make money on Waghorn, Tavernier, Halliday obviously arrived on a free. Um, I think, as well as that, you know, Mackay has gone from being a guy. Holt, absolutely. I think uh, the keeper would certainly go for more than 200 grand. Barry Mackay Mackay will not see out his new four-year deal. No, Barry Mackay will not. uh, And that's fair enough. But that that was somebody that, you know, that was the equivalent of finding an old vase that was in the garage earmarked for the charity shop. uh, And it turned out to be worth a few quid. You know, the the, the gaffers polished them up and um, we've got... So, yeah, absolutely. That's the way it works and uh, I'll be happy for it to do so. Okie doke. 
Right, uh, no, I'm going to cut you off there, Scott, because A, I like to do that occasionally just to show who's in charge, and yeah. B, because it's time for your section, yes, it's time for the Sporting Integrity Award. The Sporting Integrity Award is when we, more specifically Scott, look around the world of sport and see who has tickled his pink. Uh, the people who have demonstrated the most lies, corruption, idiocy, all the traits you've come to associate with Scottish football. Scott, it would be remiss of me not to laugh uh, at Dundee United. So, <laughs> David, it's easy to laugh at Dundee United. It is, isn't it? Yeah, it's actually so, so there's really no reason not to. Uh, yeah, just everything about it. And then they hired Jim Spence and he tries to quit after a week. And then after he writes in the paper, oh, Thompson has to go, he's, you know, he's bad for the club. He takes a job as consultant and he's like, ah, well, you know, the fans have got back the chairman. You're like, yes. They're down there for a few seasons, by the way. Uh, my favourite story, though, was like, when he went to the fans meeting to tell them they have to back uh, Thompson and... What was it? What was it? The way it was put was the atmosphere was ugly, and um, he was pleased to get out. I think basically they were going to lynch him, pretty much. Um, when he tried to say to him, "You have to back Thompson. Uh, let's back the regime." I think that's going to that club's going to pieces. You're right. Yeah. That club is going nowhere fast. No, I think they, they should they should settle in for a few years because that it's a tough league to get out of. Um, you've got to win it, really. To get out um, because the, the the playoffs there are a number of decent sides. I mean, next season down there will definitely be Hibs, um, definitely be St Mirren, and then definitely be Dundee United, and also one of Kilmarnock or Falkirk. So you know, for for one place and then basically one shot at it, you know, that's that's mm, it's, it's difficult. Not, uh, no, it's not an easy to get out of and. You can find yourself. Even we found ourselves stalling along the way. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's very easy to when when one when one club's going up. So you look at, you know, Hibs will have to assemble a new team. Dundee United have to assemble a new team. So there's no guarantees that they're going to go away and, and romp it. Um, you know, maybe the best place, depending on whether or not they get completely um, completely torn apart in the summer, maybe the best place they're Falkirk if they don't come up. They're an impressive team, Falkirk. Yeah, they're a good side. They are a good side, and they lost uh, less games than we did. They're a great home record, and you know they score a lot of goals. And as you say, if they can hold on to, because thankfully they didn't spend any money putting the team together, mm. so they don't have to worry about what, putting them together. Yeah, they also have their manager in situ because I think regardless yeah. of what happens on Saturday, Stubbs will be gone. Obviously, the United have a new manager. Yeah. Alex Ray's just settling in at St Mirren, so uh, I think that having the continuity in place is, is a big thing for you. And uh, yeah, they, they might well be there, but we don't want to talk about that in this section, Scott. We want to hear from you. So where are we going? Being a deluded simpleton, as you referred to earlier, has its advantages, and this section is one of the places where it's an advantage, okay? Let me just say, we are going all around the world, because I've been around the world, David, I've personally been around the world, but I couldn't find my baby, mm. not anywhere. That's a bit of a shame. Bit of a shame, I know, everywhere I went, but I couldn't find my baby. Was he in Brighton? Sadly, no. Oh. She wasn't. You're, yeah, you're very good, mate. Yeah, she, she, in air quotes. Anyway, come on. Okay, well, what we'll do is we'll start in Nigeria, okay? Okie doke. Uh, in Nigeria, you got to remember, see, folks, in Nigeria, the FA still has two presidents. One backed by FIFA and the other appointed by the courts who don't speak and who duplicate all the work of the FA. It's just a crazy <laughs> place anyway, right? But recently, 
that one of the two FAs, the the one backed by FIFA, appointed a dead referee to officiate a top flight match. <laughs> I'm not sure he would be significantly worse than uh, some of the ones we've got we've seen at Ibrox this season, but. Uh... I was going to say to the folks who are out there on our social media, and we're very active on social media, is do you think it's necessarily a setback for a referee to be dead? No. Um, uh, the FA said afterwards that they'd failed to take significant notice of his death in January. Well, that, you know, I think that at least they were honest. They were honest. Um, he didn't, in fact, officiate the match, though. Do you know what it probably was? He probably didn't inform them that he was dead. That's true. You know, you need a bit of come and go. The, the, the least they could expect is an email from him saying, hi, can't referee anymore, dead. dead. Um, I mean, maybe the cemetery that he was in was fielding an eligible referee. Yeah, but, exactly. So I, I don't know if we can entirely blame blame the Nigerian <laughs> FA for that. That's kind of excuse Stuart Regan would use, wouldn't it? Like, well, he, did, he didn't tell us he was dead. And as we say, I think he has done it. Um most now we're gonna move on to somebody that's more caring, perhaps. They weren't very caring not to notice that, but this is caring. In Chile, San Luis striker Jaime Grondono was held by police overnight after Stewart had his glasses broken in a tunnel altercation. Okay? Okay. He was released the next day and he was asked about why he was held and what happened. He said, Why did they accuse me? I don't know. Maybe he just wanted a pair of free glasses. Anyway, I did pay for them. But let me say I didn't do it. I didn't do it, I didn't break them, but the reason I paid for them, he'd be blind without them, and I'm a very nice man. Well, to me, that just sounds like an act of Christian charity. It does. He paid for them, but he didn't break them, he was just doing it because the guy would have been blind otherwise, and, but it's nothing to do with the fact that he, he did break them in a tunnel altercation. No. Nothing. Well, to be fair, though, it was only steward. I mean, it wasn't like he was a real person. Well, that's true. Although he did have a very high-vis vest on. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. They love yeah. the high-vis vest, don't they? Uh, Keep, keeping on now with referees, though, these aren't dead, but they probably wish they were. In the Czech Republic at the weekend, I don't know if you saw this, actually. It's a great story. The top flight, this is not a village game, this is a top flight, the Czech top league, OK? Mm-hmm. Two referees were banned for officiating a game while drunk. Again, had, I'm not entirely sure that that's something we haven't we haven't gone, etc., etc. Ours seem drunk, maybe rather than actually being, it's hard to say. The people were banned by the Czech FA following the involvement in a top-flight game between Prebram and Slavia Prague. The fourth official, Mark, Marek Pilney, and the additional... That even sounds like a, a ball of beer, doesn't it? Marek Pilsen, Yeah, yes. uh, can I have two pints of tenants and a Marek Pilsen, please? <laughs> yeah. So, fourth official, Marek Pilney, and additional referee assistant, Yiri Yech, would lose their licences and face disciplinary action. A statement from the FA read, Pilney was visibly drunk from the beginning of the game. He struggled for a balance by the touchline. He fell over... At times he ran with the linesman, copying his movements and appearing to mimic him. <laughs> After ten minutes, he had to be guarded by a bodyguard. And at half time, he left the pitch to the changing rooms and didn't come back due to his emotional state. <laughs> I bet he was lying there alternating between tears and going, "Show sure, of you, I don't mean it, you fucking bastard." I just love football. Oh, I love it. This is a have it. Yet the assistant if. Additional assistant referee was also accused of being under the influence of alcohol and apparently urinating behind one of the goals during the game. Mm, see, that, that maybe wasn't quite as as incognito as he'd, as he'd thought. Well, I'll just piss behind you. No, nobody will know. Who are those people? Looks like those people looking. It can be. 
So top flight league game, superb stuff. Yeah. Now we're going to Paraguay. 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 And we're moving on to naughty South American models, David. Good, one of our favourite good. topics. Yes. Model Gabby DeCampo was talking to chat show, telly show, about the problem with modern footballers. They all write to me for liaisons, married players, gay players, ones with girlfriends. They all write to me looking for something, and I say no. Well, sometimes I say yes. <laughs> but what rankles, should I choose the word, is when all comes out of the media, I get the blame, not them. That's just terrible. No, she's, she's got a point there. Um, without getting on my, my uh, modern high horse, because anyone who listens to this podcast will know I am a new man, and uh, I'm very much uh, a champion of the rights um, yeah yeah Ch- champion of rights for birds um, I, I have always treated them the way I would treat a real person and the fact that, that they're women has never stopped me so I, I'm going to defend earlier we do have a tendency to blame uh, the lady rather than the bloke and she's right if a married the thing is see if a married person has an affair with her then he's the one in the wrong. He's the one who's made a commitment to somebody else, not her. Especially when in this situation it's hardly spur of the moment if they write to her. Yeah, exactly. Please um, have sex with me. Yeah. I think that uh, they're also doing the affair wrong. If you're going to have an affair, don't write anything down. You know, that's a rookie mistake. Do not write a letter to Gabby DeCampo saying, please, can we have sex with Yeah, that, that, that's going to be a... I wonder how you, you kind of get to that as well. You know, um, To whom it may concern... Uh, dear Mr. Graham, big fan of your work, etc., etc. Would you mind if I pumped your beef curtains? As I haven't googled Gabby DeCampo. I don't think she's a stranger to such liaisons, shall we say? Really, um, South America. The, um, yeah. the, the 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 ladies over there are either exceptionally religious or exceptionally unreligious. Yeah, irreligious, and also in South America they seem to struggle a bit more with the issue of a model we think maybe of fashion models mm. they seem to think of very much of a different type of model I think it's uh, the over here models tend to be selected by men in the fashion industry and men in the fashion industry if I'm going to generalise here tend to be more of the sort of homosexual nature yes. hence why you have a lot of models who waif like you know skinny tend not to have hips etc tend not to have breasts or big breasts you know and the, the boyish um, is quite often like Clearly in South America, it's always some some bloke who's like, massive tits, right? Yes. Biggest pair of suckers, get them in here. And in fact, Hen, if you don't mind, just pump them up another couple of cup sizes. Exactly. Heterosexual men are dominating the fashion industry in South America. Mm. We're going to end, though, with a couple of mascot stories. It's the end of the season, um, and I think it's time to, to remember those idiots in costumes who entertain us all season, brackets, they don't. Yeah, entertain was, was certainly going in air quotes. But we'll start, the two stories, one in Brazil, okay, um, Centro Sportivo Alaguano have a bluebird mascot called Azulio. Okay. Blue, okay. He's, he's a bluebird mascot dressed up. And recently though, he was moved on by police for staring at away fans through a pair of comedy binoculars in a provocative way. That sounds more like the kind of thing the Scottish police would do. <laughs> yeah. He also apparently made obscene gestures with his wings. Okay. Right? Globo magazine said, a member of the marketing department helped the police restrain him. He was then ordered off and had to take a seat in the stand. 
Well, you know, I, I'm quite intrigued by the offensive, you know, with the wings. That, that's quite a good, that's quite a good well, trick. Listeners, you might be able to, to actually look at this because it's one of these things I looked at that actually had a sort of hyperlink, right? So it's Centro Sportivo Alagoano and it's Azulio, the Bluebird mascot. And I think there may be some visuals. But yes, he was sent to the stand for staring at away fans through comedy binoculars in a provocative fashion and being provocative with his wings, mm. right? Um, we're ending, though, with a game coming up this weekend, David. Yes. Hereford, it's quite a nice story. Hereford had to fold because of financial debts. They were basically ruined by some idiot. Mm. You know what happens so often? Yeah, sometimes. They get together, start a, fa- a supporters club. They've started again, and they've reached the FA Vaz final. Oh, good, well yeah. done to them. Wembley, on Sunday, they're playing the FA Vaz, and they've been given special permission to parade a live bull oh. named Hawkesbury Ronaldo around Wembley before the game. Okay. And their chairman, John Hale, said, this can only make what was going to be a special day even more truly remarkable. Yeah, and there's no way that this can end badly. Someone's getting gored up. Yeah, they? absolutely. Somebody is getting getting a bullhorn right up their arse. But there you are. Um, Hereford FC have got a live bull called Hawksby Ronaldo getting trotted around Wembley instead of the usual stuffed bloke in a costume. It's an actual bull. Is their mascot for Sunday? So if you're watching that, folks on TV anyway, catch the Vaz final. Look out for Hawkesbury Ronaldo. I think we should get a real bear. Yes, like a proper bear, not a panda. A, a panda's a bit kind of. Do you know what I mean? Pandas. They're shit bears, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, pandas are shit bear. I was trying to think of of a non-homophobic word to use to describe it there. So a shit bear, but a big one a, type. Of, they eat one type of food. And they have one baby every seven years. Yeah, I, I mean a big fucking wrecking bear, a big you know Aye. one swipe of his massive ursine claw, you know. Yeah. And uh, basically, the next time some Aberdeen fans are acting up, right? You know, it's not Broxy coming over. Well, we could call him Broxy, but you know, release the bear. He fit like, fit like. Is that? Uh, guy are you, you're pure Hunzy, by the way. Fucking hell, man! There's a bear coming, eh? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, no, nobody's gonna miss. An Aberdeen fan or five, are they? I mean, just again, not it's not a real person. Well, judging by the the recent attendances, they probably would miss them. Aberdeen would would miss them, but yeah. um, but you know, nobody else. No, not in a real place, not a real town. No, oil and gas industry is in a bit of bother. So sometimes you need to have a column like the younger, you know, the younger ones through. I think you do. I mean, they don't seem to serve much purpose. I suppose they serve coffees to actual people yeah. who are living there Aye, true. I, suppose, I suppose when when, uh, when people from the west coast of Scotland go to you know to, to do the, the important jobs on the oil rigs they need these guys to kind of yeah. attend to them and I suppose though feud, look at the feudal system back in the day it's always been that way you have to sort of serve your masters yeah I, I'm one of the, probably one of the few people who watches Game of Thrones and kind of can see Ramsay Bolton's point yeah um, civilization has put a sheen on you but that's all it is a thin uh, layer of civilization. Yeah, I, I, like I say, I mean, I, I, I didn't quite get the whole, you know, I hate Joffrey thing. You know, yeah, to, to, he was king. He was king, and it's if you're not going to enjoy being king, why bother? Well, he's more, he's more valiant. Oh, screw that noise! You know, it didn't even Ned start any good, did it? It didn't be headed in the first series. There you go. I bet you though that pissed Sean Bean a wee bit reading the script. This is brilliant. Yeah, what a role. Sorry, what? Interestingly what? enough, well, only interesting if you are a Game of Thrones fan. If you're not, you might as well kind of leave now. But um, the drummer in Scott and I's band live next door to someone who's in Game of Thrones. 
That is very true. Yeah. Mm. Lisa, Lisa Aaron, the yes. character was the one who fed her kid, breastfed her yep. kid till he was ten. Yeah. However, that's the West End for you. And that is that's uh, the West End. It's full of those types, those, yeah. those actors one and actresses. Our, one of our friends recently changed his profile picture on social media to him out skateboarding. He's almost forty. Yeah, the ex-producer Chris. Yes. Hence um, why he's not the producer anymore. Yes. These are real people, mm. but they live in the West End, which it, that part of you which is realistic is removed and replaced by a desire for alfalfa sprouts and tofu. Mm. You know, and, and, and I, I dare anybody to walk through the West End and not think Joffrey had a point. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Anyway, the winner, Scott, is the drunken referee-linesman combo. Yes. From the top flight... That is um, Manic Pilney and Yiri Yitch. Congratulations, lad. You're the winner of this week's Sporting Integrity Award. Okay, that's pretty much everything then. Um, from this, the penultimate pod of the season. We are going to do a couple through the Euros, so don't despair. Um, but in the best traditions of Heartland, I don't know when. So th- there will be a couple during the Euros, but I'm not going to say it'll be on this date because it'll just... You know, drop into your inbox and it'll be like a little gift from me and Scott. Um, so think on it that way. Um, all that it means for me to do is to thank our executive producer in London, Mr. Mike Lee and Mr. Paul Miles, to tell you where you can get in touch with us if you so wish. We are on the Facebook, Heart and Hand, just search for Hand, the Rangers podcast. Or you can follow me on Twitter, that's at Ibrox Rocks. Uh, Scott can be followed at at Scott Heart Hand. And uh, it's full of, you know, amusing and witty banter repartee etc etc okay then folks enjoy Saturday hopefully our team will add to our illustrious history with uh, yet another major trophy my name's David Edgar I'll talk to you again this time next week cheers bye Podcast Network.